0: Hi, this is Erin Olson of Sandalfeet Ministries. Thank you so much for stopping by my podcast today. If you'd like more information about my ministry, please visit www.sandalfeet.org. Thank you again for stopping by, and I hope you enjoy the podcast. Hi, this is Erin Olson. Thank you so much for joining me for week eight of my Bible study, Forgiveness, Unforgiveness, Revealed Through Your Fruits. Thank you so much for bearing with me last week as I had lost my voice, and it is almost back. So hopefully uh, it'll be good throughout this time together. Let me go ahead and open us up in prayer. Father, God, you are a good, good Father. Father, I just pray that each and every person listening to this podcast, Lord, above anything else, Father, would just receive your unfailing love. Lord, that they would just believe it with every ounce of their body. Lord, that they would know within their hearts that you love them and that you have forgiven those who have asked for your forgiveness. Lord, who have laid it all down to them, who have received your Son as their Lord and Savior. Father, do not let the weights of our sins, our doubts, and our fears Hold us back from all that you want to give to us, because you are a good, good Father. We thank you so much for your love. Thank you for this time, Lord. And just uh, open up our hearts and our minds and our ears to hear what you would have people learn today. Father, I thank you for this time. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, yes, we are talking this week about goodness versus evil. and It's such a hard topic to talk about because people always wanna say, well, how can you say God is good when evil things still happen? And those are sometimes said by uh, believers, if you believe it or not. Um, Oftentimes when they're going through a trial and when they begin to slip into doubt and fear and anxiety and worry, how can God be good when there's still evil in the world? And the biggest answer is we have to remember that God is not the God of evil. God is good. And so he is not the orchestrator of evil, but he is in control. He is in total control. So how does that all look? How does that look for the believer? How does that look for us if we are trying to walk in forgiveness and unforgiveness? And and what does that look like? How do we know what good means? Um, we have a hard time understanding some of the words in the Bible They lose translation, but they also lose meaning over time. Even if we can translate them into the modern vernacular, it's not always understandable in our modern-day language. But God being good is God is good. So um, if we question the goodness of God, we will have a hard time understanding anything from God's perspective. God's not the author of evil, but he is totally sovereign and in control, as I mentioned earlier if we believe in his goodness, we must also abhor evil. We must love and forgive our enemies just as he extends forgiveness and mercy to us. I was talking to somebody just the other day, and I was saying, you know, forgiveness relates to the fruit of the spirit because today's enemy could be tomorrow's believer. Think about that for a moment. God tells us that we are to love him above all else. And then, secondly, we are to love one another. And he tells us in his word to love our enemies, to forgive our enemies. And um, if we can do that, we become more like him. Because today's enemy could be tomorrow's believer. And how does that work? We don't know when a person's heart is going to be totally surrendered to Jesus Christ. If we look at this, um, the crucifixion and Jesus was in the middle and there were two criminals on either side of him and one still denied Jesus on the cross and one received him as his Savior. And no matter how bad that person was, how unforgivable that person was up until that point, at that moment, Jesus said, Your sins are forgiven. I will see you in paradise at that moment. So just three minutes prior to that, he was an enemy of God, that criminal who decided to give his life and surrender and believe in Jesus Christ. Right before that, he was an enemy. He was evil. He was wicked. He was a criminal. All of those things we think of when we think of evil, we think of um, horrendous acts. I mean, just look through the newspaper today and you will see The horrendous and evil and wicked acts that are taking place each and every day, not only in America, but around the world. And, um, you know, crazy stuff. We have people shooting up people at colleges. We have uh, just hostile environments with refugee camps and people taking advantage of refugees overseas and we have immigrants or migrants moving into new countries that are committing crimes against people of those countries natives who have welcomed them into their borders and and you know we have uh, sons and daughters killing their mothers and fathers and you know people harming children and and you know, selling humans for sex trafficking and slavery and Lord knows what else and just complete evil and wickedness. But when the Bible talks about evil and enemies of God, yes, he's talking about wickedness and evil acts and people who do atrocious things. But above all, he is talking about people who are evil and wicked, those who do not fear the Lord those who do not see God as the one true God. Um, And then further, if we're talking about New Testament, those are people who are enemies of God are those who have not put their faith and trust in Jesus as their Lord and Savior. So our perspective of evil is so limited because his perspective, God's perspective of evil is so much bigger because his evil encompasses even more than we can imagine. And yet his goodness encompasses all. Because God at any moment, because he is totally sovereign and totally in control, can turn all things for good for those who love him. And how can he take a wicked situation and make it good? It starts in our hearts. I was reminded this week as our pastor was talking about God is is good and He pulled up this story by uh, Nagma Abedini, whose husband, uh, Pastor Saeed, is imprisoned in Iran. And she wrote these words back in March 10th, or said these words back March 10th, 2015, during a Christianity Today interview. She said, When Saeed was first taken, I cursed his captors. I wanted God's judgment, and I felt only anger. But over the next few months, I prayed to God and read through the Psalms. I read David's call, God destroys my enemies. And the Lord touched my heart and said, that's not the way I want you to look at Saeed's captors. I want you to look at them in a different way, in the way that I see them. Learning to forgive those who are thought to be persecuting her husband has been a long journey. But Nagmeh is steadfast in her response. She says the past three years have brought her closer to God than ever. And spiritually, it has been the best time of my life. These words are spoken to by a woman who is raising two young children on her own while her husband is imprisoned in Iran, his native country. He went back there to plant churches and to build orphanages and do God's work. And he has been—he's been imprisoned now, severely tortured, severely beaten, away from his family. She cannot see him; only his family can, who actually, who still live there. And yet she can say that these past three years has brought her closer to God than ever before, because she can see His goodness. Psalm thirty-one verse 19 says how great is the goodness you have stored up for those who fear you you lavish it on those who come to you for protection blessing them before the watching world you hide them in the shelter of your presence safe from those who conspire against them you shelter them in your presence far from accusing tongues now the interesting perspective of that psalm is that The the word says that how great is your goodness. You have stored it up. And yet evil is still going to happen. But it's how we respond to that evil determines how we view God's goodness. God is going to lavish his goodness on us. He is going to protect us. So for the believer in Jesus Christ, we fear no evil. Because evil may come upon us. Yet we know that Jesus is still living. He is sovereign and he is on the throne and he is in control. Um, Just a couple weeks ago there was the tragic shooting in Oregon and it is believed to have happened according to uh, eyewitness accounts who were in that classroom that this shooter asked people to stand up and to say whether or not they were a Christian. And if they were a Christian, he would shoot them. And he said, well, it's good that you're a Christian because you're going to see God in in any moment. That's exactly what Jesus said to the criminal on the cross. Exactly. Jesus said, you believe in your Savior, I will see you in paradise. And that was evil. And I cannot imagine either being a person who this is happening to, having to stand before someone with a gun pointed at my head to say whether or not I was a Christian, to fully be prepared to lay my life down at that moment, to be a person who survived that horrific event, to be the parent of that child who you get that phone call and and knowing that your child was in college and no longer is here. I can't imagine those moments, but what I can imagine is one day we're all going to make a journey After this world, and we either will enter into paradise or we will enter into hell for eternity. And so, God is good because God's redemptive plan exists. He loves His people, He forgives our sins. But for His forgiveness of our sins, we would be completely separated from His goodness forever. we would not be afforded his protections. We would not have his peace. We would not have his love. We would not have any of the fruit of the spirit, but for his goodness, but for his grace and but for his mercy. And so when we think of God's goodness, we have to think of his good things. Uh, my word, I choose a word and I've just started this recently. I, I, I picked it up from somebody else, so I didn't come up with it. But every year at the beginning of the year, instead of a New year's resolution, because I can't stick to those because that's just not. I just can't do that anything long-term, but um, pick a word. What's your word? What's your word for the year? Pick a word and see how God speaks to you throughout the year. And for the year 2015, my word is goodness. And in, uh, and I, I picked that word because I believe in God's goodness. I believe that he is good. It says in Psalm 34:8, "O oh, taste and see that the Lord is good; blessed is the man who takes refuge in Him." I can taste and see that the Lord is good because I can see the good things He's given me. I can see the change that has happened since my sins have been forgiven and since I surrendered to Jesus as my Savior. Uh, good things have come. Has it been easy? No. Has evil still been? Uh, Perpetrated against me at times. Um, have was I protected from anything? Once I laid down my life to Jesus, no, um, not necessarily, because perhaps it's a trial, perhaps it's a test, perhaps it's Satan tempting me. Um, whatever those things are, but knowing for sure, according to Psalm thirty four eight, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in Him, and blessed it. Am I? Because I take refuge in Christ. I know that Christ is with me. I know that he is behind me. And I know that he is before me. Um, I know that he has made a way. And that um, no matter what happens, I will never be snatched from his arms. So what does that look like for us? If if God tells us, just like he did in Agime when he said, Um, When she said she heard from the Lord, when God said, that's not the way I want you to look at those. I want you to look at those captors in a different way. I want you to see them the way that I see them. And how God sees these captors is that through Pastor Saeed's steadfastness, through his perseverance, through hearing his prayers, through Seeing this man, although tortured and beaten away from his family, uh, he still will not deny his Christ. And those guards, those prison guards, the government of Iran, whoever it might be who's watching, somebody watching the news, somebody who reads this article, they're going to see Pastor Saeed's response differently because he is filled with the Holy Spirit. He's filled with Christ. And so... They, we want, God wants us to see our enemies differently, and it's hard in this wicked world. But none of the people who are alive and breathing are far from His hand. And each and every moment they have alive, they have the opportunity to surrender their life to Christ. So if at any moment God is willing to take back the wicked, willing to accept the evil with a changed, repentant heart, who are we as flesh and bones? To deny forgiveness to somebody about something. And um, I wrote in my Bible study when we're talking about evil, and it seems as though 9 11 in America was a huge turning point for America. Uh, back, you know, maybe when my parents were growing up, uh, my grandparents were growing up, um, was when Pearl Harbor was attacked. And that was an ugly time for for America. It wasn't on American soil, but it was definitely against American troops, and there was anger and hostility and unforgiveness. And I believe it still goes deep today. Um, And then we talk about the American slave issue and the racial tension between African Americans and whites in America, and the racism that still exists. There's so much unforgiveness there. When and when I wrote about 9-11, how much hatred and anger and unforgiveness we have for anybody of Middle Eastern descent. We are very hesitant, um, and it all comes down to how we're perceiving others. Not everybody who is uh, of Middle Eastern descent is a terrorist. There's a very small sect of them who want to cause harm to America. Probably no bigger sect than American-born Americans. Um, that are causing crimes against our own people here. Uh, but because it was such, a, such an atrocious, horrific event specifically aimed at America um, to terrorize us, that we have a hard time. We have a hard time forgiving those who committed that evil as a nation, as a community, as cities, as people. Um, you know, and, and it has changed the way we live, changed the way we've done everything. Uh, we're, you know, uh, if we're not careful, we walk around and, and we can fail to witness to people because we're still so angry, uh, still so hurt. If you're talking about um, racially segregated areas um, or racially hostile areas, for instance, maybe you are a a white male and, and maybe um, racial issues were what you grew up with. and And as an adult. That being in your system, maybe you have a hard time to witness to an African American, and that's not right. That is, um, that is not allowing God's goodness to work through you because you haven't forgiven something, or you haven't forgiven, um, you haven't released that stronghold that may be on your family. Um, even now, when we're talking about, I know in the area I live in, Dallas, Fort Worth, we have tons of. Um, Tons of different nationalities just moving in because of industry booming here and and things growing and moving and we've become a much more international city than we were 15 years ago and and with that uh, you know many people are struggling some people are fearful and uh, of, of minorities moving in and 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 how do we address that and a lot of it is because we're uneasy and we're you know unnerved by those who believe other things than than us as believers and, and, um, you know, we're a little bit hostile and we're a little bit angry and we see them as enemies of God because they're not giving their life to Christ where instead we should be seeing them through the eyes of God because he has brought them to our shore. So now we don't have to spend thousands of dollars to go overseas on a mission trip. They're right here next door to your house or right down the street or at your grocery store or at your child's school, wherever it may be, he's bringing them to us. So he's delivering his goodness to us, and he's saying, be effective, be useful, be my vessel, um, because these people right here, you see as evil, or you see as my enemy, but I see them right now as a lost child who needs to come home to his father, to her father. And and that's how God sees them. And so if he's willing to forgive them, we too need to to be able to extend forgiveness. Um, so. It says Romans 12 9 says, Let love be genuine, abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good. But our love for one another cannot be genuine if we're living in a state of unforgiveness. If I'm unable to love forgive someone, I'm sorry, if I'm unable to forgive someone, I am not able to love him or her with my whole heart, because a part of my heart is filled with unforgiveness. And if Jesus commands us to love one another as the second greatest commandment, it really isn't an option for the believer. He didn't say if you feel like it, if you'd like to. It's a commandment. When God gives a commandment, it's a commandment. You go. You do. It's not an option. Many of us are walking around with wounds that are, that are not visible, A.W. Tozer said that most of us, according to him, are wounded souls. And forgiveness requires humility. And yet too, far too often we are too proud. Proverbs 21.4 warns us against being proud. It says, Howdy eyes, a proud heart, and evil actions are all sin. And I don't want to be remembered as being proud, unforgiving, or evil. How I want people to remember me as being someone who is humble, forgiving, and worthy of walking in my calling. I want to become more and more like Christ each and every day that I'm alive. So God is good all the time, and all the time God is good. An old church saying, as our pastor reminded us the other night. In Romans 8.28 says, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose." Our definition of good is not always God's definition of good. There are so many things that take place in the heavenlies that we are not even aware of. Sometimes our wants, our desires, our relationships, our issues, our needs, our circumstances, all of that. There are so many moving pieces that we never see. If God is a God who can do far more than we can ask, think, or imagine, we can't even begin to fathom what takes place in the heavenlies because God is in control. And so when all of those moving parts are coming together and we really understand his goodness, God truly can work all things together for his good. And like I said, it's not always our definition of good and we have to be okay with that. We have to be okay with saying, you know what, God, I trust you completely. Um, I trust that you have this. If I believe your word, if I believe that God's word is the infallible word of God, there can't be doubts. There has to be. We have to be secure in who we are, in our identity in Christ, who we belong to and who God is to make it in this world. Um, we can have our salvation, but we can be wobbly and ineffective for the kingdom here on this earth if we are not fully operating in the fruit of the spirit. And so if, if we believe in his goodness, if we take that to heart, um, we believe he is good and we know that he works all things together for his good. And if that's the case, then we need to be able to forgive. We need to be able to forgive our enemies. We need to be able to forgive those who hurt us. We need to be able to forgive, um, forgive ourselves. We need to be able to forgive God, the creator of the universe. We need to be able to say, we are forgiven. You are forgiven. I want to walk in his goodness. I want to taste and see his goodness. Um, because the story of the gospel, the gospel of grace is that we are saved by grace through faith and There's only one way to the Father, and that's through Jesus. And Jesus' death on the cross and his blood washed over our sins for the forgiveness of our sins as our ultimate sacrifice. How good is our good Father who would do that for us? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son to die for us, each one of us. And, And how could he do that? How could he love us that much to be willing to cleanse us of all of our stuff and our sin, by sacrificing his son on the cross for us so that we would no longer have to bring our own sacrifices because we're not worthy, but that he would give his son for us. How good is he? No matter what happens in this life, no matter how bad things are, no matter um, how bad things look or even how bad things are that have been done to you, God is good and he can take it all. He can redeem it. He can restore it. He can reconcile it because of his goodness. If we allow Him, to work His goodness in us. And we do that by walking in forgiveness, extending forgiveness, believing in His forgiveness for our sins, believing in His goodness. We do that by allowing that attribute of the Holy Spirit to take up residence in our spirit, in our soul, so that when He does need to use us, when He wants to speak to us, That our body is filled with Him and His attributes instead of our flesh and our needs and our desires. If we flesh them out and say, I surrender it all. No matter, you know, what comes at me, God. You are good. You're in control. That you are a shelter, a refuge. And that you want to give me your goodness. If we receive that and we make room for that in our bodies. Get rid of all of our other stuff. How much better could we be? How much more joyful could we be? How much more loving could we be? How much uh, could we speak of His goodness? I mean, you know the old saying when you walk up to someone, someone say, how's your day going? And the they, people used to respond with, and a lot of older people will, God is good all the time. God is good. And you know what? We've forgotten that because this world is wicked. We think that God is losing the battle and that is so far from the truth. It's just that so many people are turning away from Him. And we as believers, as Christians, we need to step up. We need to say God is good all the time. God is good no matter what it is that has come your way. Job could say it during some horrible things. He lost his family. He lost his riches. He lost his wealth. He lost his land. He lost it all. And yet in the end, God was good. He restored him and multiplied him. And, um, and so God is good. So, I want to leave you with this week. I I want you not so much to dwell on the evil and the wicked in this world. Spend some time this week, if you go through the, the Bible study workbook, you know, really reflecting on instead of the evil, even if you're watching the news, don't stop watching the news necessarily, but when you're watching the evil, say, God, turn this wickedness, turn this evilness into your good. In this relationship, whatever relationship you're struggling with, God, Take this evil, take this bad stuff, turn it for your good, for your glory, for your testimony, for my testimony, take this situation, this addiction, whatever this is that is evil attached to evil, and say, God, take it from me, and use it for your good, for your glory, for your witness, um, because he is good. so I just pray that you spend some time this week just uh, dwelling on his goodness, not so much on on our lack or the wickedness in the world, but just spend some time focusing on him and his goodness and his sovereignty and his uh um just the fact that he is Yahweh, the great I am, the one who existed before anything. He is the all encompassing one. He is unfailing love. He is all of those things. And, and if you need to take time, spend some time studying the names of God. And let me tell you, by the time you get down done with all those names of God, you will see that man, he is good. And all the time, he is good. Um, and he wants to give you that goodness. He wants to give that to you. So I pray you take that from him this week. I pray that you walk away knowing God's goodness again, like Nagme, like she said, that. This trial that her family is going through has brought her closer to God more than ever before, and spiritually, it's been the best time of her life. I pray that this week, as you reflect on God's goodness, that this week, you be brought closer to God more than you've ever been before, and that your eyes, your spiritual eyes, are awakened and opened, and that your heart receives more of Him than you've ever had before, because I know it'll bless you and it will change your life. So let me go ahead and close this out in prayer, and I thank you for joining me. Father, you are so good, so good to us. Lord, that you would send your son to die for us, sinners, sinners so separated from you. Father, that you want us to taste and see your goodness protect us, that you are our strong refuge, our strong tower. Father, I pray that this week, Lord, that we would taste your goodness, that your goodness would prevail, because love has already won. It has overcome this world, no matter what it looks like on the outside. Father, you have a plan that your Son, Jesus Christ, will return one day, because you are so good and faithful. So, Father, I just pray for each person that they would see you this week through new and fresh eyes, that this fruit of the Spirit would be so evident in their life that people would want to know what happened, what changed. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.